Welcome to the Winner Circle with Derek Pang. On this podcast, I'll be introducing you to real-world heroes who have stepped outside their safe, known worlds to pursue and live their win, their best lives. This is a choice we all get to make. The intention behind these conversations is to inspire you to move forward with greater faith, trust, and belief in yourself on your hero's journey ahead. Let's go, hero. All right, we are live. And on today's episode, I interview a facilitator of transformation and change, a certified professional integrative coach, and workshop facilitator facilitating embodied movement experiences. His approach emphasizes mindfulness and self-awareness in the entrepreneurial path. A believer in the transformative power of creativity, he helps clients tap into their inner wisdom and potential, guiding them on a personal, on a journey of personal and professional growth. Welcome to the Winner Circle, Lawson Gray. Thank you, my man. What an honor. What an honor. You and I have connected uh, a few times behind the scenes, and it's always been so amazing just because of the, the the way you carry yourself, my man. It's very uh, uh, respected and honored. Hey, likewise, likewise, and I'm excited to explore your hero's journey to now. And yes. as we're and just to get to know a bit more about you, and as we're talking about for the call, the goal of these conversations is to really uplift, inspire, and empower everyone tuning in, just to move forward with greater faith and belief mm-hmm. in themselves on their hero's journey ahead, kind of stepping outside like the normal, the normal in quotations, like nine to five, safe world yeah. into yeah. the unknown, pursuing their passion, pursuing living their win. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so our first question sets this up like on a positive front um, because these are positive conversations. Um, and that is, Lonson, what do you love about your personal world right now? Not about the like what's going on in the outside world but what do you love about your personal world right now just that it's it's coming it's aligning a lot closer to my inner child and the dreams i've had as a child and you know i've been doing a lot of shedding around what it means to be a contributing adult in this world and you know with that um, seeing responsibility differently, that it can actually stem from inspiration, that, you know, inspiration can be the driving force to actually get lots done. And, you know, yeah, I, I, I ran through a huge change just recently where I really gave myself permission to drop into the creative creativity that I like in my world. And uh, I was very amazed at the results so it's transformed not only, you know, my own inner world, but how I deliver to my clients and the people that I work with overall. So, yeah, connecting more to that youthful essence. Amazing. And I'm really excited to get, delve into all of that. Um, but first, just so the guests get a bit of an idea of who you are, um, and it listed a bunch of roles that you that you play. And in addition to those, like your father, your friend, your mentor, you're an mm-hmm. ally. Um so many more and through all the roles that you play whether that be as a facilitator a coach um what would you say is your mission your overarching mission that guides you in everything that you do i want to help people to step into their own experiments to not necessarily um 
you know, follow so closely behind others, but really to step into the experiment of their lives, right? There's a lot of processes out there right now that for focus on a lot on uh, formula and getting the right formula to make, you know, the right money and all of that stuff. And, you know, although there's absolutely a space for that and it's, it's needed, I see a gap where it's really helping people to, to anchor into their own self-trust and see what unique possibilities they can come up with on their journey that are is different to what they're seeing around them you know mm -hmm. and there's something very different about stepping into this space because it's you know you hear about being authentic and all of that but almost like it's romanticized but there's a very real essence that is is a risk it's uh it's a little bit more edgy stepping into that there's the potential of being ostracized by it so it takes a little bit more of a thicker skin and an ability to hold your center when you're really stepping into that authenticity. Uh, and being that that's been a, a lot of my path, you know, I am familiar with it, learning how to navigate it. You know, that's really what I, I specialize in helping other people do that are interested in that. Mm -hmm. So could you kind of get more into what that means? Like step into your own experiment? Like, could you yeah. kind of exemplify what that means? Well, we are, we are naturally creatures, you know, driven to community. You know, we want to be a part of community and going against the grain of community often means that it brings up feelings. You have to, you know, it's, it, it, you will feel different. You'll feel wrong. And so the tendency in us is naturally to want to align with community even if the community is going in a different direction than we're inspired to, right? Sometimes we'll get these intuitive hits that are so faint at first, whereby um, we're being called in a certain direction, but yet because the community is saying, no, this is what happens here, this is the way we do things, we'll ignore the subtle voice of intuition and head in the direction of community, thus eliminating the potential of an amazing adventure, right? So it really is about taking those that those subtle cues from the intuition and making space for it so that you have enough room between you and the others in the community to really hear the 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 impulses that are meant for you and you know uh, as well as building the courage to follow it to to be willing to step outside of convention to be willing to be um eccentric different odd you know, have all of those labels cast against you because you're so anchored to the trust in what's coming through. Mm -hmm. So how does one begin to listen um, and cultivate their intuition? Well, for me, it's it's really about creating the space for it, you know? So, I mean, um, it's, it's a bit more of a lonely journey because you have to really get used to your own company. And around that, it's creating this space for, for um, uh, self-appreciation, I'll call it, because self-love is used so much, it's almost becoming a cliche, right? But it's like, how do you appreciate yourself? How do you really create space to anchor into the appreciation of you, the journey that you've been on? Regardless of how rocky it has been, you know, there's been significant ways that you have added not only to your own life, but to the lives around you you know, and to really take an inventory of all of that. And so uh -huh. by appreciating, creating the space and paying more attention to those, those, the subtleties that come up. So, you know, journaling is a good activity for that too. 
as these things come through to really um, uh, create a, a mechanism whereby you can actually see the reflection of what's coming through you and be able to create action, uh, inspired action from that. Mm -hmm. So you're mentioning that um, there's like an innate thing in humans drawing them to community. Um, so how do we balance um, the importance of community yeah. um, and space where we could spend time alone and cultivating that alone time so that we can learn to listen to our intuition and, and just to listen to ourselves. Well, my perspective is that as we fully honor the space of self, it makes it better for community because then we learn to respect the space of other, you know, whereby if I fully know what it feels like when I need space and I give myself permission for that, when I'm around you and I notice you need space and you're exhibiting signs of that, I'm more likely to encourage you because I know the benefits not only to myself, but to us as a group. So as we anchor in stronger to our own individual poles, it's like when we come together, it's more of a dance, you know, it's more of a, it's more of a flow. It's a better flow because we're not expecting that we stick to these rigid structures with each other when it's like, you know, sometimes we do need to, to retune our forks to, you know, the greater evolution. And then, you know, you come back, you, you speak from what you're, you're able, you give what you're able and willing to contribute. And, you know, I do the same and we're, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a flow when we're in tune with the deepest part of ourselves rather mm -hmm. than, you know, approaching community from this um, place of dependency, which a lot of them, you know, not a lot of them. I think it's evolving as with everything right now, everything's evolving. But I mean, there was a time to which uh, community was really geared towards a leader, the leader's perspective, you know? And I mean, in every community, you see the shadow side of that, whether it's gurus or um, I was watching that Netflix video with that yoga teacher. Uh, a Bikram. Right, right, right. All over the world. And, you know, people felt, gypped by that but the problem with it is not just with him but it's giving up that inner authority to that outer person and so mm -hmm. you know the more that we can anchor into our own truth our own sovereign inner authority and and then mix it changes the dynamic of the group being able to to willing to speak up and speak truth even if it's something difficult hard to hear you know mm -hmm. that's very important so mm -hmm. so how does this concept play in regards to relationships the it like pertaining to um dependency while also an independent yeah. independence well, I'm, I'm actually going through the process right now with uh, a woman who's extremely self-aware and you know high emotional intelligence and so we just create space to communicate to bring it all out even the uncomfortable parts and then, you know, re re being also open to recognizing where our shortcomings are. So as an example, um, there was a situation actually that just came up this morning whereby I was feeling a little on edge. And just from all of the stuff that I'm doing in my business, I'm starting this new process with her. And I was noticing subtly, like there's this almost like this competitive vibe between us. And, you know, normally I would simply box that in and no, I'll just keep it to myself. I don't want to throw the relationship off. But what I've been doing lately is just like both of us have been communicating openly just about everything. 
And what I find for me, because this is new for me, this is like, you know, a whole new experiment. But as I'm doing that, I'm feeling a lot calmer because I'm allowing myself to be heard by taking the risk to speak up. I'm also hearing her deeper. You know, I'm not um, running away from the difficult parts. Like, you know, if I make a mistake and she's confronting me on it, it's just about being present to that instead of trying to run away or hide it or, you know. And so what ends up happening is that both people end up being heard. You feel safer. You're able to see each other for who you really are and not these illusions that we sometimes bring into the relationship based on, you know, what our fantasies of what we're looking for in a woman or in a man. And it ends up being a lot more straightforward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What happens if the communication, the, the channel is not open? And I believe you've been there in the past. Like you, you're mentioning to me, you more of a avoidant personality in the past. Um, and yeah. that type of personality, like, doesn't communicate often. So what happens when the communication is only one sided? Like, what have you learned from that? And how do we yeah, fix well, it? And I mean, you, you brought up a really good point, because I have been avoidant, like my community, my attachment style is avoidant. And um, first of all, I had to go through some pretty sharp lessons in relationships ending and, you know, really realizing where I contributed to that. But in, in a situation now, like if I'm engaging with uh, my partner and she's not speaking, you know, it's it's really a case of checking in to honor and first of all, ask if, if now is the right time. And if not now, when, you know, and to really ensure that there's there's a level of presence there in the engagement. If not, then you know I I would I would I would address it. Just you know I'm feeling that as I'm speaking right now, you're not really present to what's what I'm uh, saying. Are you feeling off in any way, right? So a lot of times by reversing the picture, because sometimes yeah they they may have something going on in their life that they uh, are not aware of. So helping them clear that brings the presence back to the. The situation and the relationship yeah and sometimes it just gets to the point where you need to exit you need to exit that relationship that community yes. um or yeah. or that like employment or that identity that you've held for yourself what have you learned about exits um we could start with relations uh relationships yeah. and then community and then um like I, your own self role like your own job or roles or identities that no longer yeah. serve you well, it was a little bit of a longer learning curve for me because, as you've mentioned, right, my attachment style was anxious attached. So, you know, I, I had no problem cutting people, situations, circumstances off. So the first step for me was really recognizing what was a healthy cutoff and what was just a hell, uh, an unhealthy cutoff based on my pattern. Yeah. And then from that, you know, um, yeah, like uh, as far as just cutting branches off that just need to be because they're unhealthy i don't have any problem with that you know i find now that yeah I'll, I'll speak up i'll say something i'll you know ask their perspective where their um what their needs are in it as well but if if there's still a lack of honoring then it's you know there's no reason to maintain it because it's just going to cause further frustration Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you have to go in the direction of, you know, and, and, and that's the beauty of it, too. What I'm finding as well is the more that we speak up, that we speak our truth, the uncomfortable pieces, the more we find out in community who actually vibes with us. Because those that don't, they, you know, they'll be repelled by what we say. Those that do, they come closer. So it makes it, it makes it really very much a 
filtering process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the analogy of the branches, whether that be a relationship, community, or just kind of self self uh, patterns that you've been enveloped in, whether that be your your employment or identities you held for yourself. Um, and it's if they're no longer serving you, cut them off. Yeah, exactly, exactly. To create the space for new branches to grow. Yeah, well, and ultimately, you know, I mean, the world around us is a reflection of what's within. So, I mean, the more that we we do the work to honor ourselves, and that includes speaking up, the more that we find people that align with us and also honor themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you mentioned like the first step was like listening to your intuition. Um, once you were able to listen to your intuition, then it's a matter of building courage. Yeah. What have been the ways you've learned personally and professionally to build courage with yourself and with your clients? Well, I think, you know what, my, my feeling is that we have to do some work on redefining vulnerability because again, these words are thrown around so much that it almost misses a part of what vulnerability is. And so when you look at it from the perspective of embodiment, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a sensation attached to it, right? There's a a risk. Oftentimes there's that, that feeling in the belly of um, excitement. It's like anxiousness. And we don't want to step further in the direction of what we need because you know, oftentimes it means that it, it, it's intensifying that feeling. But from my perspective, vulnerability is the chance of experiencing like a full bodied exhilaration, that feeling of I did it. It was scary, but I took a, ta- I took a chance to show myself, take off all of the layers of protection and step out into the world in the way that my heart is leading me to. And then there's this feeling after of like, exhilaration excitement that anxiety transforms so that's a big part of it is to understand the physiology of what's happening inside of our unique bodies you know where we're experiencing things and what does it really mean because you know because we're we're, these feelings may be intense a lot of times it could push us away from the things that we actually want Mm -hmm. and that's where the courage comes is is to 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 take the risk to step into the experiment to show who we really are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, with that intuition and that courage built, then we could step into and explore the transformative power of creativity. What is that? It's different for each person. You know, I find the wants and needs are so varied. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we want to be loved, we want to love, you know, we want connection. But, you know, that breaks down even further when you look at each person's unique circumstances, how they were raised. But, um, yeah, some people want to be out in front. To them, it means like uh, having a massive stage presence, a massive following online. While to others, their big thing is, you know, it's a lot more quiet. They don't want to be seen, but yet they want to have an impact. They don't may not even want to have their face shown, but they want their out, art out into the world. So there has to be allowance for all of it understanding that you know it's not about comparison just because it looks different to each other it's we're we're all doing it in our way and just because you know my thing may be i want to be on stage doesn't mean somebody who's in the background that simply wants to share their art is anything less and Mm -hmm. yeah and doing so i believe takes us to our win 
Um, what does that mean to you, winning, um, being a winner? I, for me, it's like looking back on your life and actually see your own transformation, your own evolution, to be able to say, you know what, I did it. I'm doing it. At one point, this, where I am right now, I didn't actually think was possible. And here I am, you know, I made adjustments, I made changes. And yeah, so that when it's like you, you have your final breath, it's like you can look back at your entire life and all you feel is bliss because although there was challenges, you stuck to it, you made it through. You did it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're doing it. It is. This is it right now. This, 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 yes. this, this. Yes. The process. The process. Yeah. The, yeah. the sweetness yeah. of the song is the process. Ooh, ooh, uh, yes. Yes, um, sir. So, what does going for your win, living your win, embodying your win, what does that look like for you in your life today? For me. There's still things that I'm critical of myself. I think one of them is overthinking and I want to be able to relax more to actually be highly creative in front of the camera. And so that's my next, that's, that's my next, this year's project is to step up more and more. And, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I've gotten used to sharing videos at one point that was, that was my major sticking point. But right now there's a lot of creativity I have. I want to share with the world. I have, uh, Besides designing these, like, I have crazy ideas for these, like, a retreat that I want to do that's just strictly based on art exploration and embodied movement that, uh, for me, is next level. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, first of all, in, in regards to your sharing, like, you have all the tools. Um, you have the presence, the personality, the knowledge, the wisdom. So I'm, ex I'm excited for you to continue to share. The only thing stopping you from sharing is yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. I realize that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's take a moment uh, to acknowledge some of your accomplishments, some of your bigger wins that you've had, mm -hmm. some things that you're mm -hmm. most proud of on your journey. They could be anything. So yeah, like the, the floor is yours. Like, what well, have been some of your biggest wins, accomplishments, things you are most proud of? Yeah, you know, like even when I was working, I have a knack for understanding what is needed in a certain environment so you know i've i've in quite a few organizations i've worked my way from the bottom to the top pretty quickly and um in one case i got awarded a three-week trip to cozumel mexico with my partner at the time oh. and i was given this massive recognition in front of you know our our staff of 300 that i was like blown away by it so you know, have this big achiever inside. And um, yeah, so I mean, on that side, there was that. But then, yeah, starting my business was a big thing. You know, I had, went through a lot of fear around that, really stepping in fully and uh, experiencing a lot of different emotions as a result, being able to process those. In my work now, I help quite a few people and just anchoring into their 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 own experiment, as I was saying. And, you know, that for me is a big accomplishment. Um, as far as accolades and stuff, yeah. I mean, I've, I've earned my um, my integrative coaching certification, was pretty, which was pretty intense. I've been through some pretty intense experiences as far as embodiment, like fully facing aspects of myself that we're in the shadow, were things that I 
you know, was not proud of. I had a lot of work to do around anger and uh, rage was a big thing for me. And I feel like I'm on the other side of that now. So, you know, that that's probably one of my biggest, for me personally, that's, that is the most meaningful because in my family lineage, there's a lot of anger issues that, you know, we've had to resolve. So, although yes. it's always, you know, it's always still potentially below the surface, I find that communication and the, the tools that I've been learning have been tremendously helpful. So, yeah. How, how do you resolve that anger? Like what, what were the tools and methods you've implemented? Well, in, like uh, embodiment, and this is why I got into this line of work because of what it has done for me, but it's really mapping out what's happening in the body and realizing that it's not just the stories that are taking place in the mind, but there's actually, there's a whole chemical soup of stuff happening within, right? And I was able to map what was happening for me whenever I would start to get angry. Because I'd often feel like this bubble block in my chest between my heart and my throat. And the more that I kept it in, it felt like a pressure cooker until finally it came out as anger and projecting outwards. And So could you get more into like, what is that? What is embodiment? What does that, could you define what that means kind of explain? Yeah, so... Rightfully so. This has been a term that is brought through. Like this is a based on the feminine. You know, I um, learned this through this this modality called the five rhythms, and uh, actually was a male facilitator, which is why I was really open to it. But as I dug into it, this came. This originated um, in California, as far as a term and and bringing the psychology to it. But I think this, you know, we're all connected in a way through our tribal essence. You know, back in the tribal days, we also used to dance, move a lot more. And so it's, it's, it's bringing, my definition of it is bringing the body into the process of transformation to realize that, you know, we are, our experience of this life happens through our visceral connection to the experience. So as we are present with each other, I could be in front of you and connected to you from the mind state, yet be blocked from our intimate connection right or i could be connected to you whereby i'm looking at you right now i'm slowing down my process i'm feeling into you and it's it's a different state of connection it's a deeper state of connection whereby i'm seeing derek the being and not just engaging with you from this mental capacity you know so it's mm -hmm. it brings in a level of depth of intimacy not only with other people but with ourselves and just how we move in life to be able mm -hmm. to you know look at a flower and take it in like really take it in the beauty of it you know walk experience the silence that's probably the first step you know really tuning into the silence getting comfortable with the silence and then hearing the words weave over the silence yes it sounds like a lot of slowing down presence and of course breath would have to play a role in it as well it is all well huge. all the senses huge 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 yeah breath work that has been instrumental in my journey too because it's like the more i've been doing this really intense breath work whereby you do these holds uh, the squeezes, I know that there's names for it. I'm not 
too familiar because, uh, with the names, but it's like, and then you release, as you release, you just feel the sensations and allow that to um, anchor into into your body, you know, and it's it's pretty powerful. Yeah, are you able to share it? Like, is it like could we, could we share a quick round of this breath work of that? Do you or would you just explain it? Like, um, yeah, whatever so start, is more appropriate. Yeah, you, the best way to do it is lying down because then you can fully like disengage. But you start with your stomach. You take a full breath in, out, and then up through your chest. So you do. Uh, we'll do three of those to start very slowly. So it's gonna sound like. And for every exhale, you really feel the gravity of your body pulling you into the bed. And then we go through okay. a round. Go ahead. So it's an inhale and then exhale right away. So quick inhale, yeah. exhale, yeah. drop in. Yeah, exactly. So inhale is using your stomach first, moving up to your chest all the way up, and then you release both at the same time. And as you release both, you just like, allowing the body to go limp like really feeling into that release yeah melt into the floor For, exactly yes and then you go do it then we we do uh, a round of intense and we do that for about three minutes in out in out. yeah in out the same the same format but really really fast okay and then at the end is you on the last one you take a deep breath in and then you squeeze your lower extremities first, then your stomach muscles, then moving that 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 squeeze all the way up, and then you release fully, letting the air out. And then at the the bottom part of the release, you just don't breathe and just experience the sensations. And so it almost feels like you're passing out, but you're not. <laughs> Uh -huh. So that squeeze, like you squeeze the lower extremities, the stomach, and all the way up. Um, yeah. Are you you retaining your breath while you're doing that? No, like, you're, you you're yeah. So you're you're releasing the breath, and then at the bottom you're holding it, so you're not breathing at all. You're just you're just completely surrendered to the experience of what's happening in your body. So for me, what that what that did for me as an overthinker is it got me out of my head and just like the over processing and it's like it tunes it, it tuned me into the greater field uh the sensations that were happening inside of me and yeah just released from the pressures and stuff so it was good yeah it's a, it's amazing all the different breath techniques you could use to kind of transcend like the thinking mind and just really step into the present um yeah. to our our divine self, our divine nature. Um, yeah. Other tools you've used along the path um, include journaling. That's one of the tools you, you use. We'll start there. What does what kind of journaling practices do you use um, and have had success with? Um, so it's just like honoring, okay, like a lot of shadow work practices. So for me, you know, honoring the, when I, when I witness parts of myself that are moving based on fear, I make sure to note that, you know, to to turn it into a practice of honoring so um as an example sometimes i could be pretty aggressive in my approach and it's with not intentional but yet at the same time as i'm speaking i speak very direct and there's there's sometimes a tone to my words 
yet not everybody's open to receiving that, right? So that means that when I'm engaging with people, there has to be an adjustment somewhere. And so I use journaling for that. So to say, you know what, I see you. I see that um, in this moment, you may need to be a little bit aggressive. I see you coming up. I know why that it has happened. And it's okay to be that way. And it's also okay to release that, mm-hmm. to experiment, to try things differently than, than they may have been done in the past. Mm-hmm. Nice. So journaling, breath work, those yeah. have been some of your fundamental um, self-care tools. What are some other self-care tools that are essential for you on your journey? Yeah. So for me, it's like, uh, so I use a lot of um, like artistic uh, processes just because as, as an early artist, I was an early artist before, right? So um, drawing with the non-dominant hand, just allowing like a fast flow of, of expression out, and then looking at the image, seeing what words pop out, and then writing based on those words, that sort of thing, you know. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, just expression through movement. I I love dark music. I love bassy music, you know, really okay. connecting with the root uh, chakras. And yeah, just getting some expression out of that, allowing that more, um, that darker side to play. I love that stuff. And I think that we don't do enough of that, you know, so that's actually one of the things that uh, I'll be doing in, in my in-person workshops. I have some really dark music. I used to do this actually when I, when I did it before, but playing like extremely dark music and allow the darker side of a person's expression to come out. And each each person's expression, the darkness ex- ex- playing in the room. And it's, it's actually a very beautiful thing when, you know, we stop limiting ourselves. So, mm. yeah. It sounds like it gives like that using that music, um, it gives them permission to release that what they've been held holding on to. A lot of people hold on to that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because of shame or like they they don't they don't want to recognize it, so they hold it in. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Especially because if you know we've been shamed for it in our past, we start yeah. doing it to ourselves. So, yeah, it's stepping it's bad, out. right? It's bad because it's yeah, identified exactly. as bad. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, for me, uh, it's there's a difference. Like, you never, you, I've often heard, oh no, but anger's good. You just could express it, but you know, you'll notice a difference in society when it's like when different people express anger. You know, and being <laughs> being being uh, being a black person cultured, it's 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 different anger coming from me because it fits a stereotype, right? Versus, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, a petite woman who is expressing her anger she would be more encouraged to do it than someone like me right but we all need it yeah yeah yeah. so like once we release that darkness that anger um and also do some shadow work which i want to get get into it um allows space for ourselves to see and embody play with be that inner child and allow that that to emerge correct for me, it's more just it allows us to relax, to allow our being to come out, to allow who we really are out. You know, this, it's, so there's no intention behind it. There's no um, there's no formula to it. It's just that we can be present to life in a way that we feel most present and express what we want to express because yeah, we give okay. ourselves permission for that. 
Okay. Okay. No, I like that. So then, what is the where does the inner child play into this? Well, that's that's where the for me where the magic is. It's like when we connect to because as we grow older, we were you know it's like we we develop these adult minds, and uh -huh. so our ingenuity, our um, inspiration, a lot of times we're disconnected from. Meanwhile, the inner child is the aspect of us that remains connected to those worlds of fantasy you know it's yeah. just that our responsibility as adults is to exist within the reality drawing on the inspiration of the fantasy it, it took yeah. me a while to get understand that okay um what have you learned in that understanding that you could share what have i learned in the witch sorry the understanding of kind of connecting with that inner child and shedding that adult mind yeah, just that there's a lot of uh, ingenuity that comes from it. You know, I one thing I'm I'm very um, powerful at is I could create a whole unique system that is different from what I'm seeing around me, and you know, which is what I'm doing right now. And I'm I'm really proud of the work that I put in, um, including connecting with my inner child because I'm bringing something that's unique. I'm not seeing too much of it elsewhere. Uh, yeah. Although I'm tuning into worlds that have existed, you know, like embodiment has existed long before I got here. But the way that I'm putting it together is uniquely to me. And that's really what I want to help other people do is the same thing. Mm -hmm. So how are you helping clients tap into that inner child, that that creative space? So I, I run my um, activation sessions a little differently. I, you know, I've heard of other people doing it their way, and I think each one of us does it differently. But an activation is really a process of embodiment, whereby we're activating an aspect of the self that may be dormant, you know, but yet related to a person expanding in a certain way. So sometimes it's an emotion that they fully need to feel uh, on the negative side, so that they could feel the 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 mirror effect of that you know to step into give themselves full permission to experience the the goodness of the positive emotion sometimes mm -hmm. it's a vision you know it could be something small but they're not giving themselves permission to fully step into it yeah so i set it up so that you know right from the start they're leading the process i just create the container and the safe space to welcome them out I'm not leading in that process. I'm not saying too much. I'm just reflecting the whole time. And in every experience, what they come away with has been profound, even for me, to see you know, them step into their power and to realize that it's it's them. Because in this space, what I found is, and what I used to, 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 you know, I used to like it, but whenever we're in a coaching situation, we put the coach up on a pedestal and, you know, where they know more, I'm paying them, um, so yeah, it's their knowledge that I'm drawing from. But when you can reverse the picture and have them see that that wisdom is inside of them, and finally that the moment that that realization sets in that oh, it's me, yeah, it's you, mm -hmm. you know, it changes everything. Yeah, helpful for you in this process has been the shadow work, and that's like a word used by a lot of people nowadays. Mm -hmm. What does shadow work mean to you? What does that look like, and how, how does one do that? So it's just, I see that as the areas that we've been unconscious in our patterns and our living, you know, so there's, we call it shadow work, but it's, for me, it's just really unconscious patterns that 
we simply do. It's like wearing an old shoe. You've worn it for so long that you don't even realize you're wearing it anymore, you know, and that shoe may have, um, it may have a thorn in it or something that it's not feeling comfortable, but yet we don't know how comfortable or how much better it can be because we've gotten so used to that shoe. So yeah. it's, 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 it's a process of drawing, um, awareness to the fact of the shoe that we're wearing what it looks like uh, the characteristics of it and really being conscious in our choice do we want to continue to wear that and move forward yeah how do we make that unconscious conscious yeah well how do we bring awareness well it's it, by asking questions by realizing where there's um um contrast uh, a lot of times when we're stepping into new experiences, there's so many ways going on a trip even can bring awareness to shadow, you know, yes. where we feel we're shrinking back and yes. to be aware of that, that feeling. Can you exemplify like um, a shadow that you've uncovered, an unconscious pattern you've uncovered with yourself and how you resolve that? Yeah. Well, like it, okay, actually a lot of the, um, ones that I've used already. So anger, um, uh, let's see, I'll, I'll pick a good one here. Let me see, think. Actually, anger is the biggest one for me. So okay. for me that I encountered through movement, uh, through embodiment to realize where I was feeling agitated and what my body was doing as I was going through that process. So I was able to map out my response to anger through movement with other people that were stimulating that in me mm. and, you know, giving myself permission to take up space, but in a healthy way that didn't, wasn't harmful to other people. Okay. So how did this journey begin? Like, how did you transition from kind of working like uh, for other people to becoming an entrepreneur and like creating, writing your own story? Mm, that's a beautiful question. I would say it was gradual. And first I had to step in fully. You know, there was a point to which I was kind of like dabbling in it and um, wasn't really making any solid movements. And it was only when I fully crossed the barrier and stepped in fully that things started transforming and uh you know and i know it doesn't work this way for everybody but for me specifically especially kind of i consider myself a little bit of a rebel you know where i want to find my own way i don't necessarily want to find the most efficient easy way um so yeah i i had a lot of uh growth to do and just accepting the 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 intensity of the experience adjusting to that realizing that you know, there was actually a pretty big safety net when you're working because the check comes every couple weeks and you have yeah. everything set, right? So going from that into an environment where nothing is and just because you have a good idea doesn't mean that's a business. So there was a lot of uh, a lot of adapting that had to happen, but I wouldn't change any of it because I feel so strong and anchored on my path that, you know, I... I have no problem stepping into new experiences that are going to bring about new learning now. So I, I and, and let me preface this by saying, I do have people helping me. Like I have a one woman who is very strong 
in business. She's definitely way farther than me, but I take what I need from what she's giving me and still run my own experiments, you know, to find out what really anchors in solid. Yeah. Um, in that, in that transition from like the safe secure net of having like a regular paycheck to yeah. becoming an entrepreneur, um, there's definitely a lot of fear. Um, a lot of these fears um, would be financial. That's, that's one fear. Yeah. Um, another fear could be the fear of failure, the fear of being yeah. seen, um, yeah. the fear of stepping out. Yeah. What have you learned about all those fears um, well, on your path? Yeah. Well, and that's that's why I was able to step out when I started embodiment because understanding what was happening in my body as I was going through these processes made it easier to step in and easier to regulate myself as I was going through these situations that caused a lot of fear. As an example, when I first started putting out videos, I went through every for the first couple of weeks, every time I put out a video, I went through almost like this de depressive response afterwards, whereby I just wanted to lock myself away in my room and, you know, not come out and just, you know, I wanted to take the videos down, but uh, I was challenged by people around me to just leave them up because this is a part of the process. So, you know, whether it's stepping out, whether it's getting used to the financial piece of it, it's like when you realize that it's all just brings up this intensity inside of us. And as we regulate ourselves into the process, you know, you start to realize there's a pattern to it. That with everything, there's whether it was stepping out my first time, whether it was, you know, going into uh, uh, the process of money, anchoring into that, you know, it's it's like there there's a there's a pattern there in how I respond to these situations. So understanding my core response within my body, within how I I, I approach these things, made it easier to adjust to them. Mm. So. Um... I, I feel like that. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And like, I want to take an example, like, um, of me personally, and I'm sure a lot of your clients as well. And that'd be like the financial piece. Um, so how do you help um a client with that fear of being able to like pay their bills, um, when they're leaving that safe, comfortable, known world of a regular paycheck, to being solely responsible? Everything is on your shoulders. Um, yeah. And then if, if that fails, then that's like, that's on you. Um, yeah. So yeah. The, that, for me, that brings up a lot of fear. Um, yeah. How how do you help with that? Well, it's, it's, first of all, it's understanding what their, their panic response is. What does that look like in them? And it's helping them to slowly change that. So, you know, sometimes it's, I mean, sometimes if they're really in a, a, um, a, uh, a situation where they're they're panicking and something needs to be changed then it's the basic things it's just like okay what what can you do right now to eliminate a lot of the fear sometimes it's getting a short-term job you know something very basic but practical other times it's just a matter of understanding what that response is doing in them and helping them to slowly adjust it so you know maybe it's like um, anytime they're coming up against their edge they start going into this loop of uh, depression and they pull away entirely, right? So it's helping them to stay engaged and to realize that what they're feeling is just, it isn't based on the actual situation that's happening. This is just their body responding to old situations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, it happens through presence and being able to experience 
um, the discomfort, the pains, the, the, the tightness, you know, a lot of times when I'm in sessions with people, there's common areas where we feel tension, maybe in the abdomen, maybe in the heart, uh, throat, uh, sometimes it's in the back, places in the back, sometimes even the extremities, like the, the legs, right? But there'll be a common pain that comes up and that could be an area for exploration. So as we experience going to that area and experience full, it fully, we get new information. Mm -hmm. We're not resisting anymore. Mm -hmm. So let's take ourselves to a crossroads, a crossroads where many people get stuck at. And that's the crossroad of should versus must. So the should, the should, the path of should, is like yeah. the shoulds from society, our parents, our education system, like to play yeah. it safe. Um, mm -hmm. Versus the path of must is that calling in the inner heart, whether that is to start your own business or to take that trip or to do that training or to pursue that relationship, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like. This should like oh like this is like you should do this. This is the safe. This is the safe route. This is um, the known route. Yeah. And people get stuck. They get paralyzed. So, what advice would you have to someone stuck at that crossroads, like feeling that pulling, that calling of the yeah. heart on yeah. the road, taking them, wanting to take them on that road of must, but mm -hmm. like that yeah. old program, that programming, um, that yeah. past conditioning. Um, yeah. that began even before they were born, right? It's systemic and it's multi-generational. Um, yeah. Drawing them mm. back onto that path of should. So yeah. what advice would you have for that hero at that crossroads? Well, I, I would be interested to hear your reflection after I say this, but for me, I would say that, you know, it, especially in the people that I see, it's the difference is how much of us is engaged in it. You know, like when you're saying should, a lot of times that comes from the mind. You know, it's like we're thinking of, okay, yes, I got to make this person happy. I should do it for this reasons. It may be cultural for some people. It may be uh, in the family. It may be uh, to try and impress somebody else. It may be to prove something. But all of those things lack a depth of intimacy with life you know where we're like fully engaged like for me when the must when when i've heard that calling there's like a pulling there's just like there's there's access aspects of me that want to be engaged in the process like i don't know how or why i'm moving in this direction but this feels right this is something that i'm going to do no matter what and even as i'm saying that i can feel that in my body it just everything becomes alive Right. I may not know the next step, but there's there's a there's a level of engagement, uh, uh, a question mark at the end of it that is very alluring. It's like um, for me, I see it as a woman, a woman that is just very attractive. It's like I don't know why I want to be around her, but there's something about her that's mag pulling me forth magnetically. And, you know, I'm drawn to go in that direction. And you, I, I can take that same concept and use it to life. There's just doors that when you open it it's like there's there's a calling it's like it it uh it's calling out the best in us you know it's calling yeah. us to meet our edge for, for sure and i feel though there's like such a there's just such deep grooves um samskaras if you will um oh un unconscious patterns unconscious yeah. patterns that 
draw us away or that instead of leaping over that edge, yeah, um, yeah. following yeah. that intuition, following yeah. that. It's like, no, I'm just going to sit down here. I'm just going to, I'm just going to fall yeah. back into my old routine. I'm going to fall back into uh, my old ways. Okay. And, so what I, what, so what I hear you saying from that is like, how can a person differentiate the difference between the should and the must from the heart? Or how can one like, um, detach from the, those program, those, those, those forces those yeah. forces that keep us that pulled to the should, you know what I mean? That magnetic, yeah. Yeah. that yeah. magnetic pole of should versus the yeah. magnetic pole of must. Yeah. Well, and okay. So I, I first need to preface this by saying it's different for everybody. Everybody has a different way of accessing it, right? But I would say if 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 I was to draw it down to something, it's that we have to have the contrast of experience to realize what it it feels like to experience a full hearted must and must do this versus that grooved path of what I should do. And, and to give ourselves permission to do the wobble in between that, because it's not just a case of when you discover what a must is, you're like, Oh, okay. All of a sudden you're on the track because there's almost like this, um, it's like this playful flirtation with it. We don't know if we could trust it right away. You know, it's like we move closer to it. It feels good, but should I do this? Because I've been told all my life I need to do the should. Yeah, it's interesting. Like when I when you say it that way, I, I look at all the times I've been pulled towards my must, and I wouldn't I wouldn't regret any of them. So it's it's always worked out. Like that's yes. my interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you. So just based on what you said, you're very much a person that when you know what you want, you go for it you have um, a very sharp uh, navigation system and, and you have a lot of courage and strength built up in you already. So, you know, for you, it's just like, of course, there's no other way, you know, that I know has, what I want. I'm going after it. I don't know if it's been that, it's not that, not that easy, but I no, guess. No, but, but, but what I'm saying though, is you have a warrior spirit, you know, you are somebody that when you make up your mind to do it, you get it done. Yeah. You know, you may have a bit of a wobble in it, but it's like, you're like, no, this is so tantalizing for me that I'm going to do it and I'm going to dedicate myself fully to it. Yeah. And I guess once you step off that edge, it's like, okay, like, here we go. Like, there's right? no turning back. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's, that's awesome. Let's swim, yeah. swim. Um, so we all have our, we all have our inner blueprint of moving towards what is our must or our calling, you know, so Mm -hmm. So, so much wisdom um, shared so far. So thank you for all this. Um, a lot of, a lot of these teachings, a lot of these sharings that you've um, gifted to us has came to you by way of various mentors, helpers, allies who've met along the path. So just take a moment to acknowledge some of those people, some of those helpers, yeah. some of those mentors, some of those allies who've taught you. Mm -hmm. um, who've inspired you who yeah. were they what were their the major takeaways you've taken from them that yeah. you've incorporated in your embodiment yeah so well like okay so when one of the gentlemen his name is a evangelos diavolos and he was my embodiment uh coach and mentor he was also like a financial mentor for me he was probably one of the men that i've had the most challenges with in my life 
but I learned th I learned a lot from them in the way of organization and fully stepping into an experience. So it wasn't only the the it wasn't only what I was learning through embodiment, but also just being in his presence and seeing how he embodied his mm -hmm. process and his life. You know that really helped me to anchor into mine. And then just many women. You know, I I give a lot of the women around me credit because um, women for me are extremely intelligent beings and they've, you know, been dumped on in our society quite a bit. They've taken a lot of shit for us men, you know, so I've had some pretty powerful female mentors. Another one, um, her name is Fran. I can't remember her last name because that's what I know her as, but she, she taught me about communication, proper communication and how to honor communication in relationship with different people. And I fully integrated that into my work. That's been one of the most attractive forces for me in just helping others. I didn't go in with the intention of helping women, but it just, uh, I through time now understand that they come to me because not only do I respect them, but I hear them. I hear what they're not saying. And so, yeah. So what exactly did Fran teach you? She taught me this process of, of, uh, of, of communication listening listening deeper than the words and you know to to be able to speak to what is not being said and it's such a powerful way to communicate that you know it uh when you do it not when you do it as as a process but when you're that present to a person that you're hearing what they're not hearing and you say it it, it ends up being this connecting point because people end up coming closer to you because they feel seen they feel heard and you're actually framing the way they see themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what's like one step someone could better attune to that place, that that frequency that, fr that Fran taught you? Well, the first step is hearing yourself, you know, hearing the things that are going on inside, paying attention to the subtle um, desires that you may have, you know, yeah. and, and give it space to breathe. And that's a huge one. I know for me, um, I've often felt shy or reserved to express my needs. And so just giving myself permission for that, hearing myself at deeper layers allows me to hear others deeper too, because it's not a common practice in our world, you know. Mm -hmm. we're often, yeah, we're often told to attune external to ourselves, but when we can start hearing for the subtle impulses, you know, it just, it, it changes things because, you know, it, it, it means that we're, we're meta focused now and not just hearing from the ears. We're hearing with our entire being present in, in with our entire being. And that's a very different mm -hmm. way. To yes. I feel that is an act of self-love. What does, 100%. what does that word mean? What does that word mean to you? What have you learned about love? That for me, it's strongly based around permission that I don't have to jump just because somebody needs something that I can, you know, really relax into my own process. But if I'm enjoying something that I don't have to disengage from what I'm enjoying because somebody may not like it or disagree with it, that it, you know, that I could just, just in my presence, you know, I'm, I'm loving myself present to my own experience. Just, you know, I love music. I love dance. And, you know, that to me is an act of self-love. 
waking up in the morning, you know, brushing my teeth and really indulging in the experience as an act of self-love, you know, engaging with people that I, I like uh, is an act of self-love, you know, choosing to speak uh, up for needs, all of that. And then how do we take that, that self-love and share our love with others? I think it comes naturally, you know, it just comes from the flow. When we're in that state, it just, it opens our channel to be more improvisational with life, with experience. We're able to give more from a place of not needing to, um, uh, measuring what we're getting back, but it's just, mm. you know, it's from this full state. Yeah, no, I like that. When we're rooted in a place of self-love, that becomes our frequency. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's a really awesome way of saying it. Yes, yes, more of that. So um, every episode, I conclude with the final three questions, and we've got into that point. The first all question: right. Through all the yeah. highs and lows that is this hero's journey, that is your life experience. What do you say has been the greatest life lesson you've learned on your path that you yeah. feel called in this moment to share with us now? Mm, what a beautiful question. I would say that the greatest lesson I've learned is just that I'm worthy without having to, just by being alive, just by being me. And so in that, it's just, it brings in this, the sense of just being okay to take up the space I am, that I'm not too much, you know, that how I show up is enough. And so that's been something that's been reflected to me in these past couple of years that I've really anchored into. And I'm so appreciative of all of the people that have helped me to see that. Mm, wow. Thank you for that. Yeah. Question two. Um, in three words, how would you describe the experience you're having on this earth in this reality? It doesn't have to be a sentence, but just three separate words that mm. you would use to describe the experience you're having here um resilience comes to mind uh creative and connection mm. okay let's examine resilience creative yeah. and connection yeah what, what what have you learned about resilience i at one time had the perspective that it was always about getting somewhere where i didn't experience uh, challenge anymore or as 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 intensely as I did uh -huh. and, and so what I'm now understanding is really life is about resilience that I'm going to go through challenges sometimes they're going to be very intense and so it's not so much about needing to be perfect and get to this place this oasis where there's no negative things happening but it's able to get it's me getting back up again and you know doing taking it a step further than I did before two steps further, but just further than where I was. And that's resilience, not yeah. allow situations to um, defeat us, to keep us down, but just to add to our story. Uh, and why creativity? Oh, it's just, I have been an artist since I was young. I started out as a visual artist and now I've translated that into my movement, into my programs and projects. And it's, I think life is, as a spiritual, as much as it is a spiritual adventure, it's also a creative one. We're here to create and be unique and share with each other our uniqueness. So for me, it's uh, it's what drives me 
it's what fills me up. It's what I want to share with others because yes. I get so much out of it. Yeah, I, I believe the life that we live is our greatest creative act. It's our greatest yes. Yep, you said it, my man. Oh, I love that. Uh, uh, and lastly, connection. How does one um, draw in connection? First, it's about connecting with ourselves. You know, it took me a long time to realize that. I was chasing different relationships, um, ideals in people that I didn't really fully see in myself. But what I'm seeing now is that, you know, as I go deeper to connect into me, you know, to re really uh, honor the creative way I want to be, it uh, it enables deeper connection with others such that, you know, I can be present with people now and and really fully honor them and, and enjoy just taking them in without needing to add anything to the conversation, to the mix. Mm. You, know, you and I yes. had a conversation the other day that I really, you know, appreciated you at a deeper level, like the, the sharing that you did and, and seeing just how far you came, you know? So, and I, I'm, I'm, realizing as i grow older I, I i am enjoying these experiences more so it's pretty amazing uh, yeah thank you for for sharing that space with me um yeah. final question we examined your past we examined your present and let's use a little magic and we'll transport ourselves into the future yes. and we'll find ourselves along an 85 year old lonson gray who is that 85 year old man where are you who are you surrounded by? What is the legacy <laughs> you've left here in your 85 years? Yeah. Yeah. And what are yeah. the predominant feelings in your being? Well, I have many communities that I engage with still. I, uh, I'm taking life very happily. There's a smile on my face a lot more times than not. You know, I'm, I'm uh, deeply, madly in love with my partner. You know, we travel, we do different things. I also still continue to engage in group work with others facilitating different processes. And then by that time, the wisdom that I would have and that, you know, it, uh, I see myself with a huge level of mastery in this process of not even being, not even needing to add too much to the process that I'm so attuned to the nuance the nuanced ways people engage and move that it, you know, I, I masterfully um, can help a person adjust their situation just through little tweaks in how I show up and help them to step in further. And yeah, just a celebration of life is what it feels like, you know, just really celebrating each moment, celebrating the small things more than ever, you know, and uh, yeah, but then I'll have visited a lot of the places I would have wanted partaking in other people's workshops that inspire me. There's a lot of people doing some amazing things right now that I, you know, I love that. I want to be like stimulated by others doing powerful work too, that they're just as engaged. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And what are the predominant feelings in your being, in your body, in your soul? Yeah. Just, just appreciation, expansiveness. Um, um, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm still just stepping into a very powerful time right now too. So there's this, uh, almost like a giddiness in 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 my core because now uh, you know i have enough like i've had enough life experience now that i understand you know what my particular process is and how to anchor in so yeah i'm excited okay 
So I just like you to just take a moment, maybe close your eyes, connect with your breath and just really step into that 85 year old space, that 85 year old man, the one who's just connected with so many people, um, mm. so many community communities, facilitated group work still is traveling with your partner, a giant mm. smile on your face develops huge mastery. And then, yeah, the predominant feelings in your being appreciation, expansiveness, mm giddiness i would love you just to soak all that in just just feel into that and i'm going to bring us back now i'm going to bring us to the present and that 85 year old lonson he sends current day lonson a message what does that 85 year old man whisper in your ear just to relax just relax i have a workshop coming up <laughs> this is this is so perfect too because i have a workshop coming up on saturday and you know my perfectionist tends to come up a bit so Attuning to that 85-year-old self is just relax and have fun with it. It's going to happen how it needs to. So thank you, my beautiful. friend. Yeah, Appreciate beautiful. Thank, thank you for this conversation. For people wanting to connect with you and take part in your workshops or your coaching, they can find you online at trueembodiment.com. And they can yeah. also find you on Instagram at Lonson Gray, where you will be posting more video content and creative projects in the future. Yes, yes conversation. that is a thing. I had an issue yeah. with uh, Instagram, so I stopped posting a while back, but you're right. I, I'm, I'm going to get back on it, so it's good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, any last closing words? No, just thank you for this. I, you know, just in hearing myself speak, I realized there's certain things that, you know, I was kind of putting in the back of my mind, but um, are actually forefronts. So I really value your questions, your, your, your uh, interview style, and uh, yeah. Thank you for this opportunity, my man. Right on. To close every conversation, we bring our fist in for a digital fist bump. Yes. yes. Awesome. Welcome to the winner circle. Thanks, Thank my you. man. Thank, Thank you. you so much. All right.